Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. Hope you enjoy these highlights from some of our missions teams. treat this morning we're doing something a little bit different we've just come off the back of a missions trip last week to the philippines and sandra cunningham who's passing by right now uh spent four months in kenya earlier this year may to september and you know the bible says they overcame through the blood of the lamb and the power of their testimony so this morning we're going to hear some pretty powerful stories whilst out on the missions field and then I'm going to throw it over to Michelle Furtado, who's a long-seasoned missionary, ton of experience. And I'll share a little bit about that as well. Uh, and just a quick little introduction, who the team is, so you know who's speaking today. We have Sandra Cunningham, Mark Catamora, our youth pastor. Sandy, by the way, has been with us since day dot. Praise God for people like Sandy. Will Carruth, Justin Carruth, the father-son combo in our team. Brought a lot of laughs to the, the, the missions trip. And then we've got Rachel Poe, quite a seasoned missionary herself as well. Marie Catamora, wife of Mark. Esther Larkin, born for such a time as this. Lisa Liverton. And no, it's not Jesus or John the Baptist, but it is James Christodoulou. So let's give it up for the team. And without further ado, I'm going to hand it over to Sandy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord again. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the honor and the praise and all the glory, Father. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege it is to go overseas and preach the gospel in your name and to um, bring souls home to you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And the first picture is... Me, Michael and Sarah. Um, Michael's a pastor. Um, he's bl- uh, half blind because he used to drink chunga, which is illegal brew over there, before he got saved. And Sarah's an interpreter. And us three used to hang out all the time. They're my, we were the three amigos over there. Um, we went down to the church, uh, to the hospital every Thursday we used to pray for people. Um, the staff would let us in, easy, easy access into there. And they had um, the people, a lot of people had a disease called sickle, sickle cell semia, something like that, anemia, that's it. And um, the blood cells had a hook on them and so it slowly um, killed them. So it's a, it's a life-threatening disease. And so we go in there and because Michael's, a bit blind, blind people always sort of talk really loud. And so he's saying, in the name of Jesus, and he puts our hands on them and and, uh, we all agree in prayer and everything goes really well. Then we come back the following week and we pray for everyone else in the hospital ward. We just pick one ward and there's about 20 people. So by the time we've done 20 people, it's time to go home. So we go back the next week and we talk to the nurses and there's all new patients in. And we said, what happened to last week's? What did you do with all the patients? And she said, well, they all got healed and they all left. Amen. Amen. So praise God. And with stepping out on missions trip, you think it's hard 
wept for someone to get healed. But when you're on the missions trip, God just floods you with his presence. You're not alone. You just know it even more because he wants that little bit of confidence from us just to take one step and he's backing us 99 to 100%. So it's easier to pray for someone in Kenya than it is to pray for someone down in Frankston. Beat that. <laughs> Praise God. Um, the next slide we've got is, um, this is a block of land. Um, it's a little bit under an acre and um, it's up for sale. It's 10000 Australian dollars and I'd really like to move Sarah and Michael out of the slum area and build them like a bit of a nice house and really bless them. And, of course, Michael would like a church there. So, um, yeah, this is a little project. So if anyone like to help me raise that money, feel free. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's an opportunity to um, give people an upgrade. Yeah, so that's what my heart intent for that is. Yeah. Yeah, praise God. So the next picture is um, this is Sarah. This is at Sarah's front door of her house. Um, you know those um, kit sheds that you buy at McEwen's or Bunnings, that's the one, and you put them together like they're about 10 by 12 or 14. This is what people live in the slums. This is their house. So there's no insulation, there's no um, nice plaster on the wall, nothing, not even a ceiling. So when it's hot, I used to joke with Sarah and say, I pay good money in Melbourne for my sauna and... <laughs> I get one for free, so it's just amazing. Oh, no, it's amazing for me to have a free sauna, but it's really terrible, hard conditions that they live in. Um, yeah, so with the housing, I'd really like him to get an upgrade. It's, and Sarah's in there with six kids. It's amazing. Um, she does the cooking on a um, little gas burner, about this big, you know, those bottle gas burners that we get. Um, and she does meals for the whole family on that one gas burner and real minimal kitchen utensils and that. Yeah, so, yeah, it's amazing. And they're always happy. They've always got a smile on their face. They're always filled with God. It's just incredible how they live, yeah. Okay, next one. Ah, this is me and Sarah. Um, these are kids for men anywhere and everywhere. When I walk around, they all yell out Mzungu, which means white person, and I gather an instant crowd, right? And so they all gather around, and when they gather around, I said to Sarah, what are we going to do with them? And she said, well, let's preach the gospel. What a brilliant idea. So I'd preach in English, and then she'd interpret, and every, you know, who wants to receive Jesus into the heart? I do. All the hands went up. And so it was just like... Praise God. It's just so easy over there. They're so open. <laughs> Praise God. And so I really think I'm called to the youth because Sarah said they don't follow anyone else around that's white. You know. And the, the kids would come up to you and go, does that come off? You know, is there really black underneath? And I thought that was hilarious. So, yeah. So bless the kids, eh? Hey? Yeah. Is that it? Is that the last one? Hey. Okay, so um, missions, go on a missions trip. It just changes your world. It gets you out of your little box here into um, someone else's life and you'll be really blessed. It opens your eyes to what's really going on, what's important to God. 
and we can get so locked in. Well, I live here. I can get so locked in until I did a missions trip and it just, my world just expanded. So encourage you, go on a missions trip. Amen. Praise God. Um, yeah, our mission trip was awesome. We were, uh, went to the Philippines, as Alex explained. Uh, some highlights from the mission trip was definitely uh, every morning we'd start our morning in, in, in prayer and worship. And it was just awesome because uh, in the planning stages, we, were really, we really uh, felt strongly from God that we needed to make that a priority, uh, that seek first God every single morning. And uh, we were seeing some amazing things happen just in those little prayer meetings before we got our day started. And sometimes we'll be there for, you know, two hours just laid on the ground and people were just getting um, touched by the Holy Spirit. And it was, it was powerful because in those moments we were able to go out then in and, and, and an overflow, you know. So that was cool. Um, some, some pictures from those prayer meetings. Not that one. Not that one. The, probably the first one. Yeah, that's the only photo we really got. Um, <laughs> It was, it was screenshotted off Alex's video, um, but we just had this like nice little hot room in the Philippines, so hot. It was like, we'll just, as soon as we walked downstairs, it was, we were just sweating. We needed the aircon, but we didn't have it there. Um, and yeah, it was just glorious. Like one time, we, uh, Pastor Melky came in, and I didn't know he was there, and I, I opened my eyes, and I see Justin laying out on the ground, and then Rachel's next to me, shaking under the power of the Holy Spirit. And then I close my eyes and I'm in his presence again. I open my eyes and Pastor Milky's on the ground. And then Alex is praying for Pastor Milky while Pastor Milky's crying and Alex is crying. And everyone's just a whole ball of mess and fun. <laughs> I was like, yeah, come on. <laughs> and um, yeah, just having that culture, it was really just like seek first the kingdom. You know, it was just so presence centered and presence focused. And uh, after that, it was just, we were just seeing so many things pop in the spirit. Um, and what I mean by pop in the spirit is sometimes you'll notice certain things. You're like, oh, God wanted to do more then. Or, oh, we're just about to break through into something awesome. And every single meeting was just like breakthrough. It was just glorious. Um, it was an open heaven. Words of knowledge was flowing. Miracles were flowing. Healings were flowing. Um, and it's just like Holy Spirit times 10 when you're over there, you know, because you're really stepping into something. You're stepping into faith and saying yes to God. Um, yeah, so praise God. Over to Will. Thank you, Mark. Uh, I feel honoured and blessed to be up on this stage because for two years I was looking for God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And three and a half weeks ago, when I went to the Philippines, I got baptised. And thank you. With my son, Justin, we both got baptised and thanks to the Holy Spirit and the water, we were blessed and the Holy Spirit came into both of us on that particular day. Also, I'd like to thank Alex and the team, Marie and Mark, for being such good leaders and uh, it was awesome. The, the people were so friendly, happy, smiling. Uh, they haven't got two cents to rub together. Poor people. Uh, did you put the picture up where I was uh, baptised? Yeah, you've done it? Okay. And that's me there, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't asleep, by the way. <laughs> uh, the the, the baptising and the fire, that's what it was. Uh, the second one was with the children. 
Um, we gave them toys, we gave them food, drinks, and I came to the last piece of bread, and there was two kids in front of me, and I didn't know what to do. I just put my hand out with the loaf, the, the small roll, and this little girl, three years old, took it off me. She broke it in half and gave the other one a piece of bread, uh, and I nearly started crying. For that, there's not many kids who do that, and the love in, in, in both their faces, it was absolutely beautiful. Um, I don't think I've got much else to say. I just had a fantastic time, and I, and I thank the fire church too for allowing me to go on this trip because I was searching for two years to find the right church, and I think I've found it now. So praise the Lord, and uh, thank you, everyone. I'll pass you on to Justin. Just quickly, um, so Will also got baptised uh, in, in water and in the Holy Spirit. Uh, all in one trip, he was speaking in tongues by the end of it. He was baptised, he was praying for people, uh, just seeing awesome things happen. And, and Will came from a conservative faith background. So when he saw Justin get water baptised first, Justin gets slain by the Holy Ghost and he's out. And Will's like, that's not going to happen to me. But uh, Holy Ghost fell on, on Will and uh, hence the picture. <laughs> Uh, praise God. So um, my first highlight was um, the baptism in the ocean at Sambal Island in Davao, feeling the Holy Spirit in my heart, opening my eyes to the spiritual world. Uh, my second one was uh, praying for this young boy that, only, that had only been to church three times and his mum messaged me a week later saying he felt the fire of the Holy Spirit through my prayer. Um, my third one was, so we went to this amazing birthday slash church service and the missions team all went up and we prayed for anyone in need of prayer. So all the team went out to pray for people but I was quite hesitant and then I see this guy's hand, he kept putting it up and down so I feel Holy Spirit take me to him and, and he opens up and how he had just come off drugs so I said to him, funny you should say that. I was on drugs, and here's my testimony, and I encouraged him to, uh, to build a relationship with Jesus. And last but not least, we went to this drug rehab. The night before, the night before was being I was being attacked by the enemy through negative thoughts of sharing and about God. Slept on it, woke up with the Holy Spirit fire in my belly felt like we were going into battlefield, had my first revelation shared with the team. I wanted to be baptised on the way to the drug rehab and we rocked up to the rehab but, but was filled with the Holy Spirit fire. <laughs> like I really got rocked by the Holy Spirit as you can uh, sort of see and get up and shared my testimony. Felt nervous but start, started really feeling Holy Spirit giving me strength nearly fell backwards into the bushes <laughs> then <laughs> then just start moving forward and sharing my testimony people were listening to every word my dad shared and then Mark and Marie finished them off <laughs> and and then we prayed for them very powerful day but um yeah thank you Lord Jesus and um I hope that um you've enjoyed yeah awesome. praise God and, you know, Justin made a few personal sacrifices during our trip. 
And so the next day, no wonder the enemy was angry at you, attacking you the night before the drug rehab center. Justin shared his testimony of being addicted to drugs for over 13 years and how until he met the Lord, that's when he really started to get set free. And Mark Marie tagged him afterwards. Mark gave an altar call and 15 people gave their hearts to the Lord at the drug rehab center. Let's praise God for that. You heard Justin talk about fire, fire. The Filipino people picked up on their ac accents, and so when we say fire, they're like, it sounds like fire, fire. Uh, the way we say pastor, it's like, he's saying pastor, it shouldn't be pastor, pastor. So uh, some, some funny cultural moments there as well. Awesome. Um, I'm, I'm going to go off a little off script for like two seconds, but these guys, this father and son duo, if you get a chance to talk to them after service, do it. Because they were like a highlight of this trip. Like, Will had never seen anyone sane in the spirit before. So on the morning of the service, someone went out and he thought that they were having a fit or a seizure. And they're like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And I'm like, no, no, it's okay. And then by the evening service, he went to pray for someone and this person's like shaking. And then he told the person behind that, like, this person's going to go down in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and then that person went down and it was awesome. But yeah, these guys are amazing. So please come and talk to them after. Um... Yeah, give them a hand. Yeah, it's all yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, I've, I've chewed through my time a little bit, but when I first became um, a Christian like 20 years ago, um, I told God I would do like anything for you, God, but I don't want to become a missionary. And like, so like, because God has a sense of humor, I became a full-time missionary. It was so crazy. Um, but I was honestly a bit nervous coming on this trip because I've had some really good experiences, but I've had some like really, really bad experiences to the point of I didn't want to go on the field like ever again. But like God just used this trip and these amazing people and turned into this redemptive thing. And it was just so fun. And like it's, it's so frustrating, like only having just a short amount of time to tell you guys how amazing God is and what God did on the trip because we only have a, a few words. So I just want to encourage you, like, if you've never been on a um, missions trip, like, you know, in the last few years, like, pray about it because it will change your life. Like, God's not looking for qualification. He's just used, looking for your yes. Just yeah. say yes. Yeah. And God's just going to completely wreck you in a good way. And just, like, yeah, Holy Spirit was just so in charge of our trip. Like, he yeah. hijacked our plans all the time, and it just always ended up amazing so yeah praise god praise god praise god all right can we have the first picture please oh wait okay this is good too but um maybe the next next one yeah so anyways we went on on the first sunday we went and did some um kids ministry broke up in three groups and so here we alex lisa and myself went to an area and had a moment of inviting them to the kids to um, hear from God themselves. And I just love the Holy Spirit. Like all I care about is God and people connecting. I just, it's the best thing ever. And that's what happened here. Got them to hold out their hands, close their eyes, and they just got rocked by God. On the right hand side over here, you just felt the presence of the Holy Spirit fall upon us. Um, I start weeping as I'm praying for them. Um, Lisa's like, oh, something's going on here. The girls start weeping as well. They didn't know why they felt so emotional. Um, one of the guys, uh, one of the boys, sorry, he had maybe the one with the Rolling Stones top, I think maybe, um, Justin. <laughs> and so, yeah, he had a vision of Jesus. Like, so just being able to see Holy Spirit move and touch 
his kids was amazing. Um, next picture, please. Um, oh, okay. So the whole trip, God spoke prophetically and then we'd see the manifestation of it. So everything, we always had our ear attentive to him and in many, many ways he would just do crazy amazing things but this is such a blessing for me that we got to take a team just by listening to Father God and saying yes and stepping out and just seeing the team grow so much encounter the Lord and like James preaching for the first time Justin and Will you know getting baptized in the Holy Ghost praying for people seeing them get touched you know that changes lives so um, if we can put the next picture please this was awesome, man. Like Wednesday night, we were gonna um, minister at a church and we're waiting on God. What do you wanna do, God? You know how Father God kind of just waits and you're like, nah, really God, what do you wanna do? Um, because we don't wanna do anything without you. There's no point. But on the Sunday, Justin, Esther and Rachel had sung to the kids in the church ministry just spontaneously. So I'm like, man, why don't you guys do that on Wednesday night as well? Just let's open up in worship. Um, and so everyone got up and just started worshiping the Lord. And man, Holy Spirit just broke out. We had the most crazy, wild Holy Spirit night. We got into, the whole congregation got into worship, um, got into like spiritual warfare. We start praying in tongues. People are seeing visions. The vision was confirmed three times by James, myself, and one of the girls there. But it's so awesome partnering up with the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to do what He wants to do because He actually exceeds all of our expectations and He comes with fire and deliverance and freedom and He's love, man, and it brings people into a deeper relationships. So that was my highlight. And actually, just quickly, there was also an earthquake when Mark was preaching on the Sunday. So we were followed by signs and wonders, man. And then again, when Alex and the crew were praying for the pastors there, Dude, signs and wonders were breaking out everywhere, so step out. Yeah. Thanks. Can I have the first picture? So that's what 99 children look like. <laughs> On Sunday, we were, um, we were ministering to 99 children at once, the three of us. And so the last night of our mission trip, the day before we were coming back to Australia, I was praying and I was like, God, why did you bring me here? Not like why, but like, what was the purpose that you had in mind for me to e even be here? And God was like, Esther, don't forget the ones. Because when we go and we, we share the gospel with people, it's about the ones. Regardless of whether you're doing it at the supermarket down the street or whether you're doing it in the Philippines, right? So one of, he highlighted to me three three specific words that he had, he had shared with someone through me while we were there. And one of them was with one of these children. So when you get a group of children this big, you end up with a bunch of different socioeconomics, a bunch of different like cultural rungs of the ladder, right? And there was a particular group of kids that you could tell they were like from the lowest rung of the ladder and they were like sticking to each other. And I was like, God, I really want to I really want to pray for the, pray for one of them. Like there was one particularly that was quite highlighted to me, but there are 99 children and there are three of us. So like, how's that going to happen? And we, we were praying for kids as we gave them gifts at the end. And this little boy comes up to me and he sits in front of me and I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And um, 
I was praying for him and I was like, God, what do you wanna say to him? And God was like, tell him that he's gonna do the things people say that he can't do. And he's gonna go the places that people say that he can't go. And his little head like just snaps up and he looks directly into my eyes. And I'm like, that meant something, you know? So when God, um, God gives you a word for someone, regardless of where you are or what you're doing, step out, ask the question. Like, maybe you're like, I don't know if this is from God, but, but ask the question or, or share the word because it's for them and he's giving it through you. Yeah. Hi, church. The um, theme that I, I got from the whole experience is what's, it's, there's power in community, the power of the fire community linking with another community. So I just want to read um, Mark 1. It starts at verse 16. It's about Jesus. As Jesus walked beside the lake of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed Jesus. There was something special and unique about this team. It was like Jesus called and put us all together with our own unique giftings and we just flowed together in unity. It was just incredible. Furthermore than that is the the community that we had from fire, we had the same DNA in the church that we were, we were linked to. So this was very evident and it happened very quickly in that when we left the airport in Davao, on my left as I was walking out, I saw this sign, welcoming brothers and sisters from Australia. I wasn't quite sure what it all meant, but as I kept walking and on the right there was another sign, and lanyards were being given to everybody. They were all completely different, like the giftings that God has given us. And, and, and we immediately became a family and entered that community. And as we ministered with that community, there was such a freedom to, to um, develop new giftings that perhaps we haven't been used in in a while. So it was just an awesome trip and I'd encourage you to, um, if, you're, if you're ever asked, just to reach out and go because there's definitely power in the fire community and you, as you link with another community. I uh, misspelled my name as always. <laughs> That's all good. <laughs> G'day. Um, so I'm just going to go off these pictures because there's there so many experiences and we can barely cram one in properly. <laughs> but um, that's, the, uh, that's the moment where we arrived at the airport um, in Davao that Lisa was talking about with the sign. Uh, we all saw the sign and thought, oh, there's another missions team here. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and uh, it turned out it's for us and we all got our our personal handmade gifts around our necks, um, that we got choked up. That was just, that's how it started. That the, the honor that they give is just incredible. Um, that's uh, ministering to the kids. Um, that was super fun. I wanted to kidnap them at the end. They actually kind of wanted to come with me. They were just hanging off me. They were all jumping on my arms and I was taking them for rides on my arms like their weights or something. Uh, that was really fun. Um, that's eating uh, balut, which is... Uh, 
uh, an aborted duck fetus, <laughs> basically, <laughs> boiled. Uh, it tastes like a boiled egg. It's not that bad. It's not, there's no bones yet. <laughs> it's still rough mentally. <laughs> Next slide. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the growth personally for me, and I, I'm sure it's the same for everyone on the team, was just epic. Um, I was just flowing and prophetic stuff every day. Uh, the anointing was incredible. God just rocks up and amps it up and you don't really do anything except just rock up and he rocks you up. So that was the first bit of ministering I did to the congregation was um, just weeping in front of them, um, <laughs> coming up to share a word and just bawling my eyes out. <laughs> um, and that was at the end of the trip, uh, imparting to another brother, uh, Leo, who uh, we call the machine gun preacher. He is full of fire. He was awesome. Um, next slide, please. And that was, yeah, first time preaching and sharing, which I got this jacket uh, working um, in the week leading up to leaving from a customer, a client, sorry. And she's like, oh, the Lord woke me up at 6 a.m. and told me to give you this jacket. And um, it turns out the night before, Alex uh, was at a conference worshipping to let it rain. And God spoke to him about how it's going to rain in the Philippines, how he should preach about the former and latter rain. And as a sign to prove that you should preach about that, it's going to rain during the service. And it rained during the service. And it hadn't rained the whole time we were there in the Philippines as well. So we both preached together. I, I shared about some prophetic things and what I was feeling. And um, yeah, that's, that's me doing that. Marie helped me out. And there's so much stuff. So come talk to us later. But just encourage you, just go, man. Just, just go. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it, it bucketed down uh, thunderstorms as well, and so we thought that, that's definitely a sign. That church we ministered to is an AOG church, and people were just baptized in the Holy Ghost, and we just saw God move powerfully. Um, so it, this is actually my first missions trip as a 16-year-old Christian. I'm not 16 years old in age, but in the faith. And I was so blessed to be able to go to my motherland, Philippines, because I haven't been back since coming here as a six-year-old boy back in 1990. And so... To go back to the motherland and talk about God and visit family afterwards as well was, was quite a blessing. Um, the first picture that you can see here, one of the church members had just migrated to the Philippines from America and his birthday was about mid-September and he wait, wanted to wait for us to arrive to hold a, his birthday party uh, and he, he dubbed it Revival and he invited over 200 people to come to the event and there was three massive roast pigs, heaps of food. And we, we saw the church that we ministered with, Living Streams Church, play the praise and worship just to break and set the atmosphere. And then we got the team to, uh, to pray over anyone uh, that needed prayer. You know, the Bible says that the steps of the righteous are ordained by the Lord and he delights in his ways. And so Justin, was no accident, was able to minister to someone who just decided to give up on drugs only a few days beforehand. And then I got up and preached the simple gospel. And at the end of it, I saw five people raise their hands and I felt Holy Spirit say, keep persisting, keep asking, because there's many here, but they just feel a little bit nervous. So as, as we did that, we saw that the front was filled with about 30 to 40 people. And, and praise God that one of the church members who came along to the event, he told me that he invited all six of his colleagues and all six responded to giving their hearts to the Lord. Um, just a, another quick uh, testimony as we go to the next pictures as well. 
and perhaps the next one too. That's someone's house, by the way. And, you know, the, the church itself, they don't have much. Uh, the toilet doesn't really flush properly. They have two interns that live at the church site to clean the place. But they draw just different backgrounds. Like, you know, th- there's a wealthy uh, family that goes there, and this is their place that they hold these uh, awesome parties at. Uh, and then if we go to the next slide as well, just to the very end with the arrow. One more there. Now, we took the team out there locally on an outreach in, in the city square where the mayor's office is. And it was the first time for some of them, there's a girl who's only been going to that church for three months. It was her first outreach. And the first person she led to the Lord was a Muslim man. And he, he said he felt heaviness come off and peace just enter his heart right away. He'd, been, he'd not been living at home with his family anymore and was just basically lost. And so the next day, he falls asleep. His friends thought that he's dead. They called the police and the ambulance. What had happened was he got taken up to heaven on a 24-hour tour. And then when he came to, he went to the Sunday night service and shared what had happened with his encounter with the Lord. And everything that he would share, you can read it from the book of Revelations. And Jesus said, I'm coming back soon to him. Tell my people. And this is a man who only on the Thursday prior, got saved. So he hasn't really opened up his Bible that much. And during praise and worship, he said he can see people wearing armor. Ephesians 6, right? The armor of God. And so we were just so impacted to have had this time of ministry because we believe that the people over there were just so humble, so hungry, so open to the things of God, the way that they welcomed us and, and the way we just ministered and worked together. It, it was pure fire. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand it over now to Michelle Furtado. And I, I want to do justice with uh, just giving her this introduction. You know, she's got 11 years of uh, ministry working uh, with the Goers Group, which mobilizes God's people to go to the least rich peoples of the world. She worked for the U.S. Center for World Mission, known, now known as Frontier Ventures, mobilizing students and ministering to international students. Uh, she taught at Judson International School, along with teaching in China, Indonesia, and has ministered in eight other countries. She was at Bethel for two years as a special assistant to missionaries there and pastors as well. And Michelle's heartbeat is to see people catch a heart for God's unreached people groups. She loves praying, mentoring students, missionaries, visiting overseas workers, their children, and loving families from all over the planet. So can we welcome Michelle to the front as she shares about missions with us? Yeah, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would come and yeah, share your heart with us, God. We just love you and we just honor you. God, get all the glory and praise. Yeah, so let's imagine we're all at Port Melbourne and just half a kilometer over here, I see a cruise ship and it's starting to go down and sinking, okay? So I could actually, I'm a decent swimmer, so I could actually swim out there and with lifeguarding background and some training, I could save a couple precious souls or I could alert the officials, right, and everyone along shore and say, hey, look what's happening. There's thousands of people in need and we could all go together, right? So that has been um, my privilege to alert the body of Christ on what God's heart is for the world and his people group. So yeah, you're just going to get a snippet today from God's word. So if you can open your Bibles or follow along, 
with us. We're going to jump into Genesis 12. And God is so awesome. Straight from the beginning, he sends out one of his beloved sons, Abraham. And he says to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you. He didn't actually know where he was going. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I bless those who bless you and I curse those who curse you. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What a great father's heart, huh? To bless all his children. And so the, Abram heard the Lord, and so he departed. And it's never too late to follow God's promises, right? He's actually 75 years old then. And he just decided to hear the voice of the Lord. He has an intimate relationship and then went. So now we're going to go to Psalm 67. It's one of the most epic psalms. And if you read it in different translations, it's beautiful as well. So, God, be merciful to us. Oh, we'll just wait until we get up there. Thanks, you guys back there for dealing with all our pictures and verses and everything. Bless you. Yeah, we love all the people in the background that do all this work. Such a gift and blessing. Yeah, so God, be merciful to us and bless us and make your face shine upon us that your ways may be known upon the earth and your saving grace or salvation among all nations. So actually the word all nations in the Greek is translated to ethne. And ethne is specific people groups, okay? They have a distinct language and culture and ethnicity, a beautiful culture, right? Every different culture represents an aspect of God. There's, there's redemptive quality in every culture. And so... Let all the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. And so God just wants every people group to know the goodness of God and be glad and have joy that he came. Jesus came to give us joy and joy abundantly, right? So, and life. So you will judge the people righteously and govern the nations of the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Then the ends of the earth will yield her increase. God, our God, shall bless us. And then the ends of the earth will fear him. So that's a promise. We can just thank God for that. And then in Matthew 24, 14, it's so great. Just from Genesis to Revelation, God's heart for all peoples. So, and everyone's always knowing, wanting to know in Matthew 24, 14, when will the end come, right? <laughs> the end time, when is Christ coming back? Pretty simply stated, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. That's every people group in the world will have an opportunity to hear, and then the end will come. So he is so kind. He's waited over 2,000 years. <laughs> what a patient, kind father in God to wait until every tribe, tongue, and nation has heard. <laughs> Thanks, Jesus. Wow, we get to be part of this incredible co-mission <laughs> that's co-partnering with God, the Great Commission. In Matthew 28, right, he said, go and make disciples of all nations, right, teaching them and baptizing them and teach them all things I have told you. So this is one of my favorite verses in Romans 15, 20. It says, and so Paul, who was right persecuting Christians for a long time and then came to an encounter with God, 
And Paul writes, and so I make it my ambition or aim to preach the gospel where Christ has never been named, lest I should build on another man's foundation. So he just went to the deepest, darkest places where people had not gone, right? So I just love that. And then people that have not known will see. That's a promise. And those who have never heard will understand, goes on to say. So if you want to just close your eyes with me and picture us in heaven, as John also in Revelation had a vision of heaven. And there's two amazing verses in Revelation 5, 9, and then also Revelation 7, 9. It says, and they sang a new song saying, you are worthy. Just picture Christ and Father God on the throne. You're worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and you have redeemed us to God by your blood, and out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. And after this, John looked, and behold, he saw a great multitude. No one could number all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne, before the lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the lamb. So he will receive his reward from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And what an honor to be part of this, right? This incredible, great commission. It was actually Christ's last words he wrote. And you read all the gospels, he gives us this commission to go. Go and make disciples. And so we see this importance of God's heart for every people. So the next image on the screen, you'll see, I'm just going to give you a current world stats. So we are approximately 7.7 billion people on the planet right now. But an unreached people group is defined as a people that has less than 2% believers. So it might be one or two, if any. There may not be any believers yet in that area, okay? And they have no access to the gospel or a Bible or any viable growing church. And so that equals about 6,700 people groups still that need to hear. That's 3.14 billion people that do not have a viable church that they can just walk down the street or drive to, even hours away, right? So this is the 1040 window, which is super good to be familiar with. And this is, they call this a resistance belt because most missionaries have not gone here because it's the most difficult, okay? But we're gonna go. <laughs> this is awesome. So this is, um, they call it the 1040 window because it's 10 degrees latitude and then 40 degrees latitude of uh, North Africa goes into the Middle East and Asia, okay? And to remember the people groups of the world, specifically the major religions, you can just think of the acronym THUMB, and it's T-H-U-M-B, stands for the tribal peoples of the world, the Hindus of the world, the unreligious, which includes communism, and um, European areas, and then Muslim and Buddhist. So that's a really good prayer point to just remember when I go through praying for the peoples of the world, pray for those major religious groups. So now we'll go to Romans 10, 14 through 15. 
How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How beautiful is it for those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. So one of my dreams is to build up communities. Like my favorite, who's heard of the Moravians back in the 1700s? They're some of my heroes. Yeah, so the Moravians, they just started out and they had a heart to really pray for whatever was on God's heart. And then throughout that, it started a hundred year prayer movement, nonstop worship and prayer in the presence. And through that, they sent out 50% of their church family community. And the others stayed and prayed, right? But they were like, we're gonna go to the hardest, most difficult areas in the world. And they actually took months to get there on a boat, right? They didn't have planes back then. <laughs> and they actually took their coffins with them and they said, yeah, we will die for the sake of the gospel. Yeah, so I would love to see that fire ignited again, that we will go anywhere and do anything because our lives are not our own. We were bought for a price. <laughs> yeah, so thanks, God. And then Luke 10, 2 is one of Jesus's prayer requests. He only actually asks us about one time in the Bible, um, hey, can you pray for this? Which I'm like, yes, we will. And it says, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. So the harvest is ripe, as you've heard, Africa, Philippines, everywhere. So they're ready. <laughs> and that word sending um, in the Greek is ekbalo. And actually, it means, um, as Christ delivered people from demons, it means that kind of thrust. He's like really like passionate about sending us out with a force and a thrust. <laughs> so if we're willing and able, he, he will send us. So let's, and you obviously, not everyone is able to go, which is great because we need people to finance and give and send, which I've been doing for the last 15 years, sending out people, which has been such an honor. I love coming alongside missionaries and sending them out. So we need people to send and give and pray and as well as go. So if we can just listen to Isaiah 6, 8, it says, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, who shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. So Isaiah was willing. And maybe you just want to take a moment with the Lord right now and with maybe your neighbor, and have a chat and say, God, am I willing to go? What is keeping me? Whether it's short or long-term. I've been waiting for uh, since high school to go, um, and I've gone on shorter stints, but yeah, my husband and I and family will go long-term. It's just a matter of timing. So yeah, so anyway, let's just listen for a moment or have a chat with our neighbor saying, yeah, are you willing to go? And then just start coming up because we want to bless you and pray for those that are saying yes, whether it's now or later, but we want to agree with your yes. We want to bless your yes. So go ahead and start coming up here. We want to bless you. Anyone willing to go for the sake of the gospel? Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. 
For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.